We see canal as a big blessing, how close it is to us. You know, you hear people refer to canal with different mm -hmm. ways. I just feel it's a blessing because, you know, it's how hard, you know, these people work. You see them every morning. For the Marin Council of Chambers, I'm Stephanie Plant, and this is We Are One Marin. Picture yourself for a moment in the heart of Marin County, San Rafael, California, a town with many distinct neighborhoods. East San Rafael is home to the Canal neighborhood. It's one that marries cultural diversity and economic vitality. There are a few industrial districts there also. And today, Kalina and I find ourselves in a former Star Wars warehouse seated between a life-size cardboard C-3PO and several crates of imported dates, nuts, and cucumbers. Welcome to United with Earth, distributor of specialty ethnic products, owned by a self-described Iranian Jewish immigrant. I think I came here thinking I am, you know, amongst a few, but I was amongst a bigger, and I just had to discover it and also feel comfortable about sharing about my past. He's not just comfortable, but maybe even thriving after putting his PhD in psychology to use, selling dates. Join us for some dating advice as we learn how Marin works. Hi, my name is Dariush Davidi. Welcome to We Are One Marin. We're delighted to have you. Welcome to East San Rafael. Yes. I know you've been in the area just uh, just a little under a year. An anniversary coming up? Yeah, so we moved to the, our warehouse here in San Rafael back in October. And it's been really exciting to be part of the neighborhood, part of this diverse community. Uh, it's been exciting just to see how well we've been received, you know, by the neighbors, even by the city. We had the mayor of uh, San Rafael come here, cut the ribbon ceremony for us. Mayor Kate Collins, that was really a big deal. So it's, it's nice to feel so welcomed, yes. I appreciate hearing that, and I know that our colleagues at the San Rafael Chamber of Commerce will also um, appreciate hearing yes, that. Yes, I should give really them a shout-out, too, because the Chamber of Commerce is the one who brokers that relationship, and they, we also had a certificate from Mark Levine, the assembly member, so... It was a nice. It was a nice entry to this uh, to this San Rafael. I can see that certificate in a frame right it, over yes. your right shoulder. You. That's yes. so yeah. great. Yes, it's right there. Well, you know, business is a really big part of uh, what keeps towns going, and East San Rafael is a vibrant economic engine. Right. Um, I run a business that belonged to my grandfather before me started in this neighborhood over fifty years ago. Wow. So I'm really dedicated to this community, also. We should probably tell our listeners what you do here at United with Earth. So United with Earth, it's a distributor of specialty ethnic products. I mean, every year we try to like define my identity, who I am. But I think it's kind of that's what we do. We're like ethnic distributors. Mm. Because, you know, we don't sell like onions and potatoes. We sell dates, figs, walnuts, Persian cucumbers. I read that that's actually kind of an almost bigger market than the dates it now is. for you. It's huge, yeah. So we try to like uh, source product from places that we know the people, and also it's it's my way of introducing our past, our who I am, you know, through food. So that's kind of where the connection happens. I think it. I mean, what do they say? The way to someone's heart is through yeah, their stomach. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I think it's a really uh, beautiful way to to introduce that culture and your past. You grew up. Um, much, much farther away. Yes. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about your childhood 
take us to Iran and, and what it was like for you as a young person? If sure. You born in 1975. At the time I was born, it was sort of like the renaissance of Iran, the Persian Empire. Uh, and it was such a thriving uh, country at the time, very westernized. They were really hungry to connect with Western ideas, to bring more influences, just be, become more of a, uh, a part of the world. Uh, and then unfortunately, in 1979, there was a big revolution and that overthrew the past government. Uh, so I started first grade uh, when post-revolution mm -hmm. and my background being Jewish uh, had a lot of impact on me uh, kind of growing up in a, in a country that was led by extremists. So I, I had to like grow up fast. Mm. I mean, that seems like such an understatement in a way. Like kids, we say, oh yeah, the kids are growing up fast these days because they have a cell phone in their pocket. But you had a revolution going on around you. Right. I remember the first day of school when I went, they burned the U.S. flag. Uh, also on the same day, they burned the Israeli flag. Mm. Uh, so at a young age, I had to like learn how to adapt. Uh, how to you know connect with people and how to kind of be street smart, uh, and then when I went home, told my parents about what there happened. They were shocked, mm -hmm. not surprised because you know th that sentiment was kind of in Iran post revolution. So then our family decided to uh, flee from Iran and come to America. So at the age of twelve, my parents left, and uh, we moved to uh, you know we immigrated, uh, escaped from Iran mm. to come to America. I mean, I'm sure some of our listeners know a lot about what was going on in Iran at that time, and some don't. So maybe you could enlighten us just a little bit. But Israel and Palestine were so wrapped up in what was going on, and Iran sort of chose, right? And they chose Palestine. Right. But you'd be surprised right now. Like, I visit Israel. You see Palestinian Israelis living side by side. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the media. But overall, I think there is room to grow. And right now you see like countries like the Saudi Arabia's are really close ties with Israelis. You, you know, you see like Dubai and all the other Qatar, all these other countries. So it's like the old sentiments of like Arabs versus Jews. It's really has changed. And it's really like, uh, it's very eye-opening, promising to see like, our, you know, people can get along. That's a very hopeful statement. I, right. I hope that the Americans can hear you. <laughs> yes, the world. <laughs> yes. So do you have siblings? I do. So there's three of us. Mm. Uh, an older brother and younger brother. When we came here, my parents told us either you become a doctor or a lawyer, or else you bring shame on the family. And you have a you have a doctorate, yes? Yeah, I have a PhD in psychology. Mm. My older brother became an attorney. So when we came here, it was I mean I don't think people know how good America is until they leave. You know what I mean? I feel grateful living in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Where else can an Iranian Jewish immigrant come here with no money and find a home and build a home and thrive? And I think the message of like immigrants coming here and they're bad for us, it's, it's, it's not accurate. You know, I mean, there, there's circumstances where people come here and take advantage of our resources. But overall, I think this country was built on immigrants, our ideals. And, you know, not just uh, agriculture, technology. I mean, you look at some of these brilliant minds that come into Silicon Valley. You know, when you trace the background, you know, most of them come from like other parts of the world. Or the people who are developing the software, the people on the backstage. And I think that's a message that we need to like kind of get out there. That's like being diverse, being different. It's what America is about. Uh, it's what, you know, this country was founded on the basis of like, kind of like when you see the Statue of Liberty, bring me your sick, bring me your poor, I'll feed that. I, I'm, I'm kind of miscoding that famous yeah. line. But 
I mean, that's what I think United with Earth in some ways tries to be. As much as we're a corporation, but we also want to be diverse, be inclusive, work with farmers, help advocate for farmers, uh, people who work here, it's, you know, conscious effort, who we bring in. So I, I always try to project my past into where I'm at and uh, find a way to connect. And also, uh, you know, the product that we sell comes originally dates and figs. This was uh, pretty much part of our staple diet in Iran growing up. Mm. This was kind of like our beef jerky, you know, <laughs> like this is what you ate. You want here, my kids ask for a snack, you know, like <laughs> when I ask my mom for a snack, you can have a date or a fig or a pistachio. And I think right now people are discovering like, actually these are what, you know, super fruits. This is what gives you energy. So trying to sell healthy stuff. I mean, call it a super fruit and us health conscious Marinites are going to eat it. Right. right. Definitely. Can we talk about how you get from a PhD in psychology to selling dates and what your mother thinks about that since she gave you a, a, a demand? Right. Yeah. So we came to this country. My mom was selling dry fruits and nuts, you know. Oh, so she was already doing it. But don't do as I do. Right. So we're a typical immigrant family. I'd go to school in the morning and then help the family business. And then so went to school, got my PhD in psychology. And I grew up in L.A., and so um, a friend of mine said, why don't you come and, you know, come to San Francisco? Just come, you know, get a little fresh air. I think at that time I was 29, 28, so I came to San Francisco, and I saw there's a huge market for dates that nobody had tapped into. Because when you think of Bay Area, people are well-traveled, well-educated, uh, they're health-conscious. Mm -hmm. And at the time I saw the quality of dates that were being sold here was crystallized, dried, um, they were sold in bulk. Um, so then I, I told my mom, you know, I want to start my own business in San Francisco, and I just want to focus on dates. And my mom said, oh, no, you're going to bring shame on the family. You know, we came to this country, so you can be a doctor, a lawyer, you know, you're coming a merchant. Like, you know, I said, no, you know. So then we, I started partnering up with farmers. I became a member of California Certified Organic Farmers, shortened for CCOF. And uh, this, the company was established back in 2007. And that's when I, I think that's what gave me the edge is to market dates that are certified organic. Yes. And then work with smaller farmers and they would pack under our brand. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a model, like it wasn't really done 15 years ago. There were some, you know, retailers doing it. But as far as like a distributor, finding a way to go from point A to point B without having a lot of overhead, that was kind of, I think, my selling point. Not to compare myself to Amazon. You know, Amazon would, you know, drop ship stuff from people. They would sell books from people's homes directly to end users. And so at that point, we, I was thinking, I can, I can have products packed at this farm level, and then I can sell it to retailers and distributors directly from the farm and, you know, bypass all the middle stuff. And I think that's where the, that's where the company grew, you know, by, by having that model, having close, rela close relationship with farmers and then, you know, going San Francisco to places like Berkeley Bowl or Rainbow Grocery. Huge, huge, historically famous grocery stores. Right. right? And then that's what's beautiful at San Francisco. Somebody can walk in like me and talk to the owner of Berkeley Bowl. God bless his soul. He passed away, mm. I think, couple, last year. And then he would say, yeah, man, like, I want your product. You can't do that in L.A. or you can't do that. I mean, I'm not trying to be ignorant, but most places you go, you cannot just, you know. You can't access the right. owner like that. You can't access the owner. I think that's what the niche about San Francisco is. It's like people come here 
with so many ideas and there is that trust there is that sort of they root for the underdog in some way like they want to see that you know that kid i really felt like supported probably leaving a bunch of names of retailers that you know were supportive of us but when you get your um award academy award you can write the speech first yes. and you can put all the names <laughs> in you know <laughs> to do it now thanks coming later <laughs> yeah everybody knows you're great you're i can i can see the gratitude on your face thank you for saying that um no i feel blessed really blessed i bet i guess the reason you were able to recognize the market sort of availability for dates in the bay area is because of your family business and the fact that your mom was sort of doing this she was doing already? it in la on a small scale but yeah it was kind of yeah was she going to farmers too I think she was buying from other distributors. I went direct to the farmers. I just kind of wanted to do it the professional way and just have a system, not just kind of sell a little bit of this, a little bit. So you, you grew up, obviously, eating the dates from right. in Iran and then even here. And, and then also you saw the little bit of trade that right. your mom was kind of doing on the side. Right. But, you know, like, you learn to speak different languages, you know? Like, like I know how to read Arabic. Um, I could speak a little Hebrew. I speak Spanish a little bit. Mm. And I think just growing up in Iran, you had to like kind of connect with different peoples always. So that was kind of my way. Like, you know, I think I love, I like sales. I like something I believe in. I'm passionate. I can, I can really um, introduce it to someone. So, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, when I have like a meeting with a buyer, they said, oh, do you need to get ready for it? I said, I don't mm -hmm. because it's in me. And right. if I get ready for it, it's not authentic. Mm -hmm. So I think, and that's where I try to meet people, not just with sales. It's just with, um, Everything I do is like, I mean, you do want to prep a little bit, but sometimes you get caught in trying to present what you prep and you miss the moment of like where the connection happens. Absolutely. Very prescient. I've had that happen to me right. before. <laughs> just like how you walked into this warehouse, like we were just talking, talking, having People, coffee and yeah. had a little tour, yes. get to know each other. Yeah. Because sometimes we get automated to like, okay, the curtains are up and we have to perform, but it's like, no, there's those little subtleties that gets to know I get to know you you get to know me you know where does the PhD in psychology fit in all of it you know it's, it's it could hurt you or help you like when I <laughs> when I'm like sitting in front of a big buyer he goes oh you have a PhD are you trying to like psycho are you trying to uh trying to read my mind or are you trying to or hypnotize me? me yeah you know in psychology it's like you learn how to connect with people I know I keep using that word and and I think that's what life is about that's what sales about so it helps you because sometimes like people come for a job interview, like as much as they're nervous, you're nervous too. So it's like learning how to like comfort someone into your home. Mm -hmm. So psychology has helped me, you know, helped really to get to know from their background, where they're at, you know. So you did four years of undergraduate work and then how long for the PhD? I did four undergrad uh Three years of master's, two years of PhD. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things. My daughter just started college. I mean, I think sometimes kids think they need to know what they want to do, but I think sometimes you get taught how to learn. Right. Sometimes, like, some of my biggest role models, they're like, they got a degree in law and they're doing restaurants or they're, they dropped out of college. It's risky, you know, because you spend all the time and money. But p people say you stop practicing psychology. I said, no, that's something in me. That's something, it's on autopilot, you know? Well, an, an education, I believe, in any education is a good right. education, right? Right, right. Back to 
a little more locally here. So you're wholesaling to big companies, but then to some smaller companies too, or can right. you give us a little bit sure. more information about uh, like that? Like locally within like the two mile radius, we sell to Andy's market. Oh, uh-huh. uh, we sell to United Market seasonally. Mm-hmm. Sprouts is our biggest national account, Sprouts yeah. Farmer's Market. Uh, we ventured into department stores, like we, we are TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and Home Goods. I know mm-hmm. people think like, why selling dates? But you know, you'd imagine they have a little snack grocery no, section. They really get you in the little aisles, right, the checkout right, aisles, and you. Right. <laughs> oh, you've been there before, Kalina. It happens to be my favorite <laughs> right. branch of shopping. Nice. So you might see our dates. I have there. had them before. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and there's a shelf life, right? I mean, dates are... They're, um, they're very shelf-stable. Mm-hmm. They have a high sugar content. Shelf-stable. Yes, they act as a preservative, natural sugar. Mm. Um, and so we're new to Marin. We're trying to connect with, you know, different local stores here. Uh, but, you know, we're still trying to kind of get settled in and before we go further. But, yeah, we're... So the warehouse will have been open a year, but your business is older than that. Right. So the business started 15 years ago, and um, this is our first time owning a warehouse. Before, we would kind of like subcontract with other warehouses. But this gives us a chance to, um, you know, have more control over quality. I think the whole warehouse idea came once when I felt like I found home in Marin. Mm. Because like I was always this like whirling darwish. This is like just kind of like, you know, going to different, live different places and then move to Marin. San Rafael specifically, and I felt like this this is my new home. I think being a member of my synagogue, that was a big experience. Um, I never had my bar mitzvah. I'm not sure if you know what that is. I do. I've been to a few. So I had my bar mitzvah last year. Oh, you did? Yeah. With like some other 13-year-old kids? No. I think I'm a bit of a diva. I had it all. You were sharing. I was all too. Yeah, I'm not going to share. It's my big day. I guess most kids don't right. share, right? They do it one. <laughs> Some do. Uh, I think the best thing happened to me was COVID hit, and I was working from home, and I had like one to two hours of hmm. extra. And then, you know, give me a chance to play Legos with my kids or listen to Katy Perry constantly with my daughter. <laughs> just like, you know, play Star Wars games with my son. And then I realized, you know, I always, I was never bar mitzvah because I was 12 when I left Iran. I came here, I was 13. It was survival mode. So uh, I learned Hebrew in six months how to read Hebrew. That's actually my certificate of my bar mitzvah, so you know I'm not lying to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm a member of, member of Kol Shofar Synagogue. And uh, so the synagogue is what helped me to feel at home because um, I felt like amongst people and felt love. And then I had my bar mitzvah there. And then just I liked how diverse San Rafael is compared to other parts of Marin. Neighbors, my neighbors, you know, live in a great area. So then I just said, you know what? It's like using Star Wars, the Falcon spaceship needs to land here where George Lucas, you know, was. Yes, and you were telling us, I think, uh, maybe before we really got started, that the warehouse that you're in was formerly occupied by Lucas Films. Right. It was by, this warehouse I'm sitting at at one point was owned by ILM, Industrial Light Magic, George Lucas. He had several of these warehouses. When, I, when we go into our electric room, there's like a grid of, you know, ILM people and how they communicate. It's just, it's just a lot, like, there's a little historical facts in this warehouse. Every once in a while, like, I run into, like, stuff that I imagine George Lucas touched or these guys <laughs> did. And that bar mitzvah that you did, congratulations. Thank you. By the way. Mazel tov. Okay, thank you. 
your son is about to do that now? Yes. Yeah, so he's doing his, his, I'm actually helping him with his bar mitzvah part. And he has a teacher too. Um, he's doing it at the same synagogue. And I just, I was just asked to join the board of directors of the Kol Shofar Synagogue. Wow. So I'm learning how to take more leadership roles and give back to the community. You're really uh, become enmeshed in the uh, I have in the county. Yeah, I'm, you know, when I first moved from LA to here, it was hard for me because I have a huge family in LA. Mm. I was like, you know, the minority here, like the being an Iranian Jew. There's not that many, but I think what's nice about Marin is it's the people are open and hungry to learn. Just kind of how you made the effort to come here today and learn about me. You know, that's just kind of like I felt really welcomed here, and so. This is my new home. I mean, as much as I go back to L.A., visit family. But, yeah, I think this is kind of where I'm, this is where we are. And I know that you located in a part of San Rafael that you yourself described as, as ethnically diverse, which I think is one of the really cool things about East San Rafael. But have you, have you encountered anything about Marin that wasn't welcoming? Um, I'm sure I've had, you know. I mean, I hope not, but I, no, I, I think it's a question no, that's, I that's worth asking. I think I or maybe, too, yeah, it's out there. I've seen it. Um, but I've always find a way, even with those people, to find a way to share something that, you know, educate myself about them. Marin County has a really large Jewish community. Obviously, you said you felt a little isolated, maybe being an Iranian Jew. I think I came here thinking... I am, you know, amongst a few, but I was amongst a bigger, and I just had to discover it and also feel comfortable about sharing about my past. Because my experience came with that. My synagogue, they asked me, share about your upbringing and how you, you know, kind of what I shared with you earlier. And once when I did that, like the entire congregation, I felt like held. And then so it, it kind of opened up this new me saying, like, I feel like I need to open up more and either help readjust people's stereotype or readjust my own stereotype, you know, because there are Jews here, and I was thinking we're not, you know, because I'm what they call a Mizrahi Jew, Middle Eastern Jew, and these are Ashkenazi Jews. But I felt nothing but love, and uh, yeah, almost makes me think that's it. That's it. Like there's nothing yeah, else. <laughs> yeah, it's right. really powerful. It's really powerful. How do you bring that feeling of being held back here to your business? Being generous, taking the first step, welcoming people giving back to community. I mean, we've hired people here from the canal. We see canal as a big blessing, how close it is to us. You know, you hear people refer to canal with different mm-hmm. ways. Um, I just feel it's, it's, a, it's a blessing because, you know, it's how hard, you know, these people work. You see them every morning. This is a working class neighborhood. It's also really culturally rich. Right. It's sort of, I have my Anthony Bourdain experiences eating <laughs> at different food oh, trucks. completely. <laughs> You know, I think I think people think San Rafael in Marin, oh, it's like San Rafael. I actually think it's cool. I think San Rafael is like, yes. it's more real. You know what I mean? Like, we send our kids to public school mm-hmm. because we want them when they go to college, they don't, they're not shocked. Absolutely. We try to outreach to families during COVID that couldn't afford private tutor. You know, these mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. one of them came from the canal to our house, and we would, you know, not to brag about ourselves, but we make sure, like, he got educated or even with my kids you know when you have birthdays you know you see the demographics at these birthdays you're like dude like the school is all these like different demographics how come they're not coming to these birthdays Mm -hmm. sometimes like the guy who pulls the alarm maybe a little too much you know (laughs) 
The world needs that. It's okay. Some of us are a little louder than others. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah, it's something like, you know, the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. um, getting more involved. I mean, I'm also on the board of directors of the HOA at my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. It's nice that people ask you to join. I'm like, me, I'm kind of crazy. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm not your typical suit tie kind of guy, you know. I'm, uh, but it's, I think people, especially San Rafael, they know how to recognize someone who wants to contribute. And they give you the platform, even though, you know, you're not the typical guy. You know, that's kind of how it feels. You're authentic. I can see that just in the last... The half an hour. Thank mm -hmm. you. You're welcome. Yeah, That's absolutely. really interesting. And it's a really interesting business. So I can't walk in your warehouse and buy dates. I'll hook you up. <laughs> you don't need to wait. Wait, we were, we were joking yeah. before about all the puns around yeah. dates. I want you to hook me up with the kind I can eat. Yeah. Right, definitely. That's, That's what I, That's, You're tricky. <laughs> I set myself up or you, you set You kind of did. Yeah. I threw you up. Well, when, I didn't mean when to we say were it. researching, I was like, go to shopdates.com. She was like, what? Yes. <laughs> I think you threw me an alley hoop. Maybe I you just said, I set you up right. <laughs> on a date. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's different slogans. Want a date? You know, have you been on a, Yeah. So. And if people want to learn more about your business. Is for it? sure. Unitedwithearth.com. Also, you can buy our product from shopdates.com. We're also okay. on Amazon. So. Mm. Okay. Thank you so much. So much for your time. Thank, Thank you. As you heard from Dariush, United with Earth's products are online or in a number of our local grocery stores. Our conversation today brings us to 18 episodes in the first season of the We Are One Marin podcast series, and I moved to reflect a little bit about the people we've met along the way. Dariush embodies what we set out to find at the beginning of this podcast. Kalina and I go out and hear and then share with you the stories of our neighbors. And we've been humbled by the champions in our community. Remember Bishlam on 4th Street in San Rafael? Or Felicia in Marin City? How about Frank at Wink in San Anselmo? Or our first guest, forever in our hearts, Jaime. At this point in our journey, we've connected with so many people who have encountered racism in many different forms and actually been willing to talk about it. I am grateful for their honesty. We look forward to furthering the conversation this season and beyond. The Marin Community Foundation generously sponsors this podcast. Our theme music is performed by a student at Enriching Lives Through Music. Elm is in San Rafael's Canal neighborhood. Finally, a reminder to support diverse local businesses and shop Marin. <laughs>